Gentlemen, are we prepared? We are ready. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I am your host, Neil Porter, and I'm joined this week by... The one true Ben. And... Mike. And... Well, we said it was coming. Um, it took a little bit longer than I thought than we thought. So at this point, all the SEO juice is dead. Kind of like how when Ethan and I finally talk about the Snyder Cut of Justice League, no one will care about it anymore. Because that's how we w- do things here at Geek Fanthology. Um, SEO. SEO. Which, search engine, search engine optimization. optimization. Oh, okay. I'm not hip to the lingo. But in any case, um, we're going to talk about WandaVision. Uh, we... We'll follow our kind of standard um, review policy of non-spoiler, followed by music, followed by spoiler. Um, but before we get to any of that, um, uh, uh, eh. right, the signal word. boosts. Yes. Sorry, my brain has, I have pandemic brain something fierce and have been getting worse for a while. I need human interaction, like face-to-face as opposed to over screens. Like, no offense, guys, but this isn't the same as... Like, a friend of mine who's also been working from home and also pretty much lives alone uh, came over for lunch one day, and it was just so nice. Right? To be around people? Yeah. Contrary to popular belief, you can leave your home <laughs> if you choose to do so. I know I can, but I, I am not, I'm trying not to for, one, a massive amount of hypochondria, and two, um, a desire to try and keep things as, you know, Trying to do my goddamn part. And plus, I don't like going outside. Well, you, have to, make a co- you have to make a cost-benefit analysis at some yeah. point if doing your part is driving you up the wall. Right. Yeah. I'm not agoraphobic or anything, but like, there's, no, there's not much reason to leave the house for me most of the time anyway. Except human interaction. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, <laughs> you say that and like it's kind of, you know, not a big deal, but yet you keep mentioning it. So I think it kind of is a big deal. Yeah, definitely. Get out of the house, man. To all our listeners also. You know, I, I go enjoy. biking when the weather's nice, but it snowed yesterday. But it snowed today, so right. What the hell was that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Ozarks. When, when, right? when my mom sent me a, a text saying, "Hey, it's snowing here up, up 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 home," I was like, "What? That doesn't make any sense. It's not April yet, <laughs> right?" <laughs> so, signal boosts. Yes, gentlemen, what do you got? Because I go last. Well, I'll kick things off. Go ahead, man. Um, I've been scratching my nostalgia itch whilst also playing a game I haven't played before, um, <laughs> which is, uh, which is kind of a unique combination, you know, scratching the nostalgia itch by playing something qu- in air quotes been. new. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's new to you, that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, anyway, it's uh, final fantasy for the after years on steam, which admittedly is just one of those like ye oldy, like Android or DS or whatever ports where it's like basic 3d pixely kind of graphics. But mm-hmm. it's still cool art because it's Final Fantasy, and um, Final Fantasy Four is one of my favorites uh, of the series. I think combination of being a solid, um, fun, like traditional fantasy JRPG, uh, and um, just you know very, very much hitting the nostalgia because I um, I was like 1991 when it came out on the Super Nintendo. Of course, it was Final Fantasy Two because we had our conventions based on what had been released in North America, um, and um, it was just. Um, I mean, there's the original Final Fantasy, of course, um, but like the thing about that is, um, 
Now, you know, granted, you had a couple other Final Fantasies released in Japan, but um, I believe it didn't really get into more like um, more uh, like personal and complicated. Um, I I don't know if it's a complicated, but more elaborate actual storytelling instead of just like, hey, you're the four warriors of light. Go get the four MacGuffins and beat the big boss. Yay. You know, like there wasn't really much in the form of like, you know, complicated story, like actual character development and relationships mm-hmm. and stuff in the original right. Final Fantasy. So it was, I mean, it was great because it was the first and it introduced all this stuff, which, you know, half of it blatantly ripped off D&D, but we're going to glide right past that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, imitations most sincerest form of flattery and all that right. um, imitation flattery something like that but so it's funny because well it's funny because i didn't really like i was so young i didn't know shit about D back then so it was like it was a, a mind-blowing moment whenever i started like educating myself on D and I, I keep seeing all these things from the og final fantasy i'm like oh mind flares with little tentacle faces i know those guys and like you know this <laughs> this magic spell and this like this this dungeon oh. to, like all this stuff like <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway i'm getting a little digressy here but point is uh, Final Fantasy IV is one of my favorites for uh, for a lot of reasons. Six is still mm-hmm. my all-time favorite, probably always will be. Um, Good for you. That's the but, correct uh, choice. Yes, that is the correct answer. <laughs> Just like how Empire Strikes Back is the correct Star Wars answer. Um, I don't get elitist about opinions very often, but like those are two that I'm just like, nope, uh, this is the answer or you're wrong. And I'm not going to get upset about it. I'm just going to play state it plainly. And if you disagree, I'll just we'll just agree that you're wrong. I don't dislike <laughs> seven. It's just not six. Uh, <laughs> right exactly and there's a lot of games in the franchise that i feel that way i'm like yeah it's a solid game but it's not anywhere near like these top three or whatever yeah. um that would be a, a fun um episode by the way is just kind of like um ranking franchises like that you know mm-hmm. um iconic franchises that everyone I've, I've you know, people little, have opinions i've done a little of that in my in my solo top 10 episodes. right not that, not yeah. that either of you have ever listened to any of them <laughs> not true i particularly enjoyed the um the things to do while you're sick because you know price is right goodness who can't relate to that i i make fun it, the, the, my my standard joke these days is that no one actually listens to this podcast even though we have like 500 rss subscribers and two isps in ireland that log into or not isps ips in ireland that log into the into the website once every two weeks, I'm pretty sure to listen to the podcast. So, or at least, or at least a VPN that appears to be from Ireland. Well, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, if it was a VPN, you'd think the IP would uh, would cycle somewhat. It's always the same oh, yeah. IP. It's yeah, a I guess static IP. Ah, so that's but why yeah, I think um... it's actually people. And shout outs to our people and to our fans in Ireland. Right? <laughs> Indeed, it's fitting because awesome. you know Saint, we just had St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, my my uh, my my saints. My my middle name is Patrick, so St. Patrick. So were I were I Catholic, St. Patrick's Day would be the would be the saints' day that I that I sort of asso- would associate myself with because name. <clears throat> so Final Fantasy IV After Years, um, it's kind of it's got a similar it's got a similar thing um, that I guess you could say that like Force Awakens has, where it's like you have all the this new stuff, but you have the like classic characters involved too. Mm-hmm. Um, the main conceit is just like, hey, here's the here's like the offspring of main like you know main characters from the original game and uh, like other associated characters um, characters that were in the main game, uh, but you didn't get to play as or like learn much about. So a good example of that is um, for anyone who's familiar with Final Fantasy IV, there's a part of the game 
where you go like um in the the underworld it's it sounds like it's the afterlife but it's not i, I promise you it's <laughs> you're not being taken <laughs> really across the river sticks or anything it's just right. yeah it's just underground there's like a whole underground level so like basically the the main areas of the game is like you've got the most of it you've got like the the regular overworld and then you've got the underworld and then you have then you fly to the moon because why not that's right <laughs> um they were like they were like the i'm on a boat video before that was a thing basically because <laughs> i mean the lunar whales is is balling as it can possibly get um uh, but anyway um so in, when you're in the underworld there's these dwarves and um there's this this really cool kingdom of dwarves and they have these like mechanical tanks and stuff and they're all oh, like lolly ho with their greetings yeah they're just awesome and there's a the dwarf princess um Leota, Liotta, Liot, something like that. Um, anyway, um, I think it's just Liot. It's like L-I-O-T-T. I'm probably butchering it, but anyway, the point is, um, she's around, and she, you know, she, there's she's like a supporting character, but like you don't really see that much of her, and you don't play as her in in one of the tales because it's basically like vignettes with different like uh, individual characters or pairs of characters or whatever. Um, and in one of them, uh, in the Ridia one. Uh, you get to have her as a party member and her special ability is like throwing a giant fuck, it, fuck off Dwarven axe and she's just a little badass and I love it. Like a Dwarven <laughs> princess badass. Now is this on Steam or PlayStation? Yeah, it's on Steam. Awesome. This may be something I have to... It's pretty cool. And you know, you've got all the classic music going on and stuff and it's mm -hmm. cool checking in with... Uh, characters after the fact like example of that is uh yang the karate master dude the like head monk in charge like mm -hmm. he's the king of fabul now but he's still kicking ass like he's still doing his thing 20 years later so you're like this you know grizzled um grizzled master dude who's just like you know still out there kicking ass like that's actually <laughs> how that part of it opens up is like you're just fighting you're you're like you're like training a bunch of your subordinates and so like as soon as the tale starts it's just like all right well we're just gonna yeah, kick these mooks butts real quick and try to teach them a thing or two. <laughs> Does he still shout at you at some point? Or did they fix yeah, that? Yeah, you know, here's the, here's the he... thing. <laughs> uh, is that English? Is that like you Spoonie Bard? Is that what's that, going on there? That was absolutely a, a bad translation. And you Spoonie Bard is also actually from 4 as well. Yeah, Although no, I, I know that, this. Yeah. No, but in that particular case, it was... I'll be perfectly was, honest with you. It was just I miss, a completely... I, yeah. I miss Achu. Okay. It, it was. I a, want Achu. Yeah. It was, it was a mangled translation. It was supposed to be. Well, it was you know, just it, never it, like it essentially a, so. a, a key-eyed no, noise. Right. But for some reason, and I think the like literal onomatopoeia, which is what they translated, came out to Achu, but it was really just you know. Ah! Yeah, the localization leaves something to be desired on games that are that old because they just didn't care to dedicate the resources to that kind of thing back then. At, at least Spoonie actually is an insult. Like, yeah, yeah. An I old mean, you know. school insult. Anyway, um, I pretty much, you know, hit the gist there. Um, if you're a Final Fantasy fan, specifically a Final Fantasy IV fan, it's a no-brainer. Uh, it's worth a look. It's, you know, affordable and probably goes on sale uh, well, not probably. I'm sure it does. Every so often, they'll have some kind of like Squeenix or Final Fantasy sale or whatever. Um, really? But yeah, it's I'm I'm enjoying it so far. Awesome. So uh, mine is somewhat similar in that it is uh, it's the DLC for Outer Worlds uh, for its murder on Eridano, and uh, it features someone you see in the ads. Uh, you know how on, in Outer Worlds you see the ads for various things. Um, I haven't quite played it yet. Yes, there is still going to be an episode of War Never Changes coming on it, but it's it's in a queue. It's in my it's in my Twitch queue. I'll probably start playing it in a, about two or three weeks. 
depending on how long it takes me to get through Hitman. It's next in it's next in line. It's in line. But yeah, I haven't had a chance to play it yet because I am not high enough level. Uh, <laughs> so um, you have to be like level thirty to play this uh, this one. And uh, so I am I am still lacking in levels for it, but I got it. I've been playing Outer Worlds again recently because I started writing sci-fi, and I was like, yeah, let's see what that looks like. So um, speaking up, also a personal uh, signal boost. Uh, the Demon's Apprentice Page of Swords is now out on audio. It uh, came nice. out as of March first or March second. Cool. Well, I'm gonna go three for three on video games tonight um, in our signal boosts uh, because on uh, on a whim I picked up uh, Hades by Supergiant Games, and um, that that my weekend vanished. <laughs> there um, went your weekend. <laughs> so I, I so. Um, I got burnt out a bit on Path of Exile, which has been my previous kind of hyperfixation game, because I always burn out after about a month and a half. Um, and they kind of they 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 work on sort of a uh, a hype curve, because pretty much everyone burns out after about a month and a half, <laughs> but then they get hype up hyped up for the next uh, expansion when it comes out. Although I'm not sure if I'm going to do that this time because I'm kind of mad at the company. But that's beside the point. That's that's a whole different thing. So I was like, I, I, I need I need something else. Well, my tax refund just came through, so I've got money. I could play one of the thousand like one of the like dozens of games that I have in a backlog, or I could buy another one. Let's buy another one. That was my uh, that was my solution. Um I had heard I've heard nothing but good things about Haiti. Um it's again another game by Supergiant Games, uh, the people that made Transistor, a game that Mike plugged a while back. Um also made bastion and pyre um i think they've only made the four games but uh holy crap are all four of them apparently just supremely excellent games uh ethan will talks very re regularly about how good pyre is um so i picked up hades um it is a action roguelike game where you are playing zagreus son of uh of the titular hades attempting to escape from the underworld um you wield your sword or your spear or your fists or your shield or your bow or your machine gun. Yes, your ancient Greek machine gun. <laughs> and um, with a with an attached grenade launcher, no, no less. Um, ancient Greek attached grenade launcher. <laughs> um, and kill your way out of the Greek underworld while, uh, while gaining uh, boons and blessings from the gods and, um, and all sorts of things. And it is... It is such a satisfying gameplay loop because it is it is short runs. Um, I was actually playing a run just before we started recording. I started around nine and uh, was about a, it, it. It took me about twenty minutes to get to the top of the to to the to the last boss, and then I saved and quit because it was time to record. And also, I want to stream every attempt to beat Hades so that my first actual escape because I haven't ever quite beaten him because he's the final boss. Um, I, I think I've got a really good chance this, uh, this particular run. I've got a really good loadout, uh, but, <laughs> so you're um, telling me there's a chance. Yes. <laughs> um, the, uh, I'm going to, I, obviously I need, I'm going to stream that escape attempt. So it, the timing worked out perfectly, but Saturday when I bought the game to, to finish sort of the story. Um, so I bought the game and, um, bought the game and changed my, uh, my game setting on Twitch cause I was streaming at the time. Um, that reset my, my timer and I played the game for a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean six and a half hours straight because 
I have a tendency to hyper-focus on things and lose track of time and every, like everything, everything like, um, because I, because I keep a water bottle next to my desk, I can just reach for my water bottle and, and take a drink without having to think about, without having to really employ brain. Um, but at some point I finally realized, oh, Hey, I have to pee. And it was also, oh, Hey, I really have to pee too. You're uh... You're 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 like just a step away from one of those headlines where it's like gamer dies in a cyber cafe. <laughs> right? I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to get that bad because eventually whatever other bodily need that I've managed to completely ignore does finally assert itself, and then I realize just how badly I had been like had been ignoring it. I've also once played uh, when I first played Dragon Age uh, Origins. I played it for twelve and a half hours straight. Um, and then realized, oh, I haven't eaten anything today. ADHD is fun. So because hyperfocus is a thing, and it's uh, it's the main, it's that, and sort of that, and my ability to completely lose my train of thought, which, like I said, has been getting kind of worse of late. Um, are two of the main things that like that will that are sort of manifestations of that, at least in me. So I, and I, and I know that how that works. Cause I know that when I was, uh, when I was on Valium, I could hyper-focus and my wife left me at, uh, because of, you know, back injury, wife leaves me, uh, in the, uh, in the living room playing Final Fantasy seven or four, the, the one with the, with the, uh, with the beast warrior, where you attack, attack things and then ride them off and then learn their, learn their abilities. Oh, that's, that's six. six. That's six. Okay. That's gal, right? Best one. Gal. Gal. Yeah. yeah. Eats the dried meat. And all that, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Develop. yeah, she left Develop. me when she when she uh, when she went to work that morning. I was playing in that area. By the time she came back, I was still playing, and I had every animal ever. That's tricky. I never bothered with Gao because while he can be complete super overpowered, um, grinding the the the, the planes for him is yeah yeah not like that. But I just it's just not fun. I'm, the um, I, I'm not a big fan of um, mechanics where you can't control what they're doing, where they just do yeah. their own thing. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, granted, you pick the monster or whatever, but then he just kind of goes ape shit and does whatever he feels like doing. Anyhow, um, sets her with loaded dice and offering will will destroy the game for you anyway. So right. So although also, but to, only uh, but only Saban can suplex a train. <laughs> I'm also a big fan of. Uh, like um getting shadow stats super high and like doing the defend things so that interceptor procs all the time runs <laughs> along and does 99 99 damage and just instantly kills everything that dares to attack him yeah there are a lot of there are a lot of fun valid ways to play that game oh yeah so, I, I do love how in every re, re uh in every reissue of um of final fantasy 6 they have left the train suplex bug in because oh, yeah. originally he was not supposed to be able to suplex a train. There's a there is a condition that is suppo- that there's a there's an invisible condition flag on enemies that for either heavy enemies or flying enemies that makes them immune to suplex. But okay. it was so amusing that he could su- <laughs> that they forgot to to set that trigger on the boss in the first run. And suplexing a train is funny and badass and mimetic. All the pain so let's just leave that in, even though we've fixed most of the other bugs in the game in later releases. Say he derails the game. Yeah. So okay, so to uh, we are digressing horribly. Uh, to build on Mike's uh, um, Mike's um, signal boost. Uh, through March 29th, Final Fantasy IV and Final Fantasy IV: The After Year are 50 percent off. Oh, oh, hey, perfect. And also through when? Yeah. Through March 29th. 
This episode yeah, might be out by, by then. then. <laughs> Hurry, Neil! You just got a deadline. I can put this up. I can put this up next week and move the and move the episode order around. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the other nice things about having one in the can, quote unquote, is that right. I can also, put I can shuffle uh, releases. Also, in looking at the Steam store, um, there is a new game out for all of you post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, uh, prep fans called Mister Prepper. Check it out. I think also uh, my second favorite Final Fantasy game is also on sale on Steam at the moment, which is uh, Chrono Trigger. Oh, I loved Chrono. Wait. Oh, that's a great game. Yeah, it's also 50% off until March 29th. So. All right. Right on. So let's uh, get to the main attraction, shall we? Yes. Spoiler of the uh, episode. Yeah, so there will be spoiler of the episode, but uh, then we will talk in non-spoilery terms. Um, <clears throat> it was Agatha all along. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. So um, maybe it's just the fact that... Um, I haven't gotten to see a Marvel movie in a while, but this was really good for me. Um, I really enjoyed WandaVision. Yeah, I really enjoyed like, it too. The the timing for them honestly couldn't be much more perfect. Mm-hmm. Everyone was, you know, complaining about some amounts of Marvel fatigue and superhero fatigue, and then oh hey, here's this massive pandemic, and we're not going to be here's releasing a, any a movies. Forced, in a while. Uh, here's a forced drought for you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So everybody can get over their fatigue and then get right back into it when we release more stuff. (laughs) I'm not saying that uh, that uh, Kevin Feige has uh, sold his soul to Mephisto for uh, for powers and also Peter Parker's marriage. But um, I'm not not saying that. Uh, (laughs) Not denying it. And so, I mean, starting with episode one. Mm-hmm. This is stuff that I grew up watching. Um, uh, so, Victoria Bit is old. Well, right? in this particular case, actually, I have to, uh, I have to say, actually, me too. Um, well, and anybody who's watched, well, you had like Nick at Night, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You got yeah, you know, a lot of syndication, uh, and, and stuff. that was, and that was it. We watched a lot of older sitcoms in syndication. I love, I, I, I like. I watched so much. I love Lucy and the Dick Van Dyke show and exactly. the Mary Tyler Moore show and things along those lines. Yeah. And then yeah. some of it's very impressive because, you know, like you'll watch an episode of like, I love Lucy or something. And it'll be, you you know, it's like 50 years after it aired 60 years. It's, it's just like, and it's, it just it's still holds up. So it's so funny. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know, here's the funny thing in watching in, in, in reviewing this, this whole series, we could go from episode one to episode three and not spoil a damn thing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, that's part. I thought that's part of what was fun about the uh, series is that it was like a meta experience. Uh, it, well, it's like yeah. a it's it's like a meta meta experience because you go into it knowing it's a meta thing, but like you experiencing mm-hmm. the thing, not knowing how it's going to end or where it's going to go, or what it really is, is meta in and of itself. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, it's an interesting kind of communal experience, you know, because it's like, you know, obviously even though people are very socially distanced and all this shit, uh, because people are so starving for like, you know, some cultural fabric, right? Yeah. Everyone is all like on the internet and talking to their friends and stuff and be like, OMG, like, what is this? What does this mean? And it's all this thing, kind of like when Tiger King was a big thing that brought everyone together. You know, everyone was like, this is the craziest shit ever. I still managed to avoid right Tiger King and am oh, it's, very proud of that. It's, it's amazing. 
that's just nothing to be proud of that you know i mean i'm not saying it's important that you see it necessarily did but... you know that joe exotic ran for president in 2000 i think it was eight uh yeah that is uh that is explored on the series oh okay so yep. did my friend ronan <laughs> so did vermin supreme who almost got my vote well i think he's still running for president uh, yeah basis. But he's generally running for president, but you know, or something. Um, but so the first, you know, the first, um, the first three episodes, I mean, the first one is just a beautiful takedown of Dick Van Dyke, you know, it's or an mm-hmm. exploration and deconstruction or what have you. The yeah, opening homage. theme was even like the opening theme was even like mm-hmm. identifiably an homage to, to the theme to Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew the bad couple just moved to town, you know, it's like um well that and i mean actually like the light motif that plays throughout it mm-hmm. is like is definitely hi we're biting dick van dyke mm-hmm. well, that's got... a poor choice of words but okay <laughs> 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 oh, okay so but you know they, they hit they hit everything through that um you know as far as and you know they get the set right the, mm-hmm. the lighting right they get the the dialogue right um and the also thing, vision in a sweater is never not funny exactly you know and so they even actually brought in a live studio audience for it um really i was not aware of that yeah oh god that's a great so, touch yeah oh they well the thing is is that <clears throat> you've got to watch uh assembled uh which is the first episode is a documentary that covers the entire the entire um wandavision setup they they went for the whole experience so instead of a modern theater sitting they had wooden chairs with cushions on them um they had the railing everything for the audience was set like it would have been in the in that time frame they had a okay so and everything you're seeing on those two stages are actually connected stages so vision at the office is like 20 feet away from the living room and kitchen set they could just it, move back and forth between those sets and they did it live. They they did it like an actual old school sitcom. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Including the camera angles, everything. I mean, they tore this down and did it exactly the same way. And the funny thing was, is with Vision's uh Vision's um face paint, instead of doing him red to make him look, you know, red, it didn't translate well onto the uh onto black and white they did him in i think purple or blue uh so that he looked more red on there kind of like how um kind of reminds me of, of the uh the so mo- most people when you think if you think of the marx brothers you think of harpo marx as a blonde he started out uh as as with a red wig but it didn't translate well to camera so they moved him to blonde because it read better mm-hmm. yeah red uh, red doesn't bl- doesn't read well on um on black and white so i mean they did all this stuff uh so all of the effects in the in the shots are practical when she's you know in the in the kitchen and and the things are floating you know and things like that those are practical effects <clears throat> there is no green screen in that whole thing the only com- the only computer effects are afterwards when they put visions you know visions um after effects on yeah Yeah. well that's another one of those meta things right as far as like Mm -hmm. the production and design because it's like Mm -hmm. if you had this slick high-tech stuff even Mm -hmm. if it's not something that's like obviously noticeable like on a subconscious level you would recognize it and then that wouldn't square with the whole retro motif so you want to have like more traditional effects to go with the whole vibe of the the setting you know especially in the oldest of the episodes that's actually a 
you know, like if it looks like it's a cheese, like that's that would even be fitting if it's like a cheesy thing where you can like kind of see the string or whatever. Like that even works better if it's yeah. supposed to be a show from like the 50s or whatever, you know. Exactly. And so, I mean, and they had to do things like Wanda would have or, you know, Elizabeth Olsen would have to freeze and someone would have to come in and change out what she, what she was doing. Um, those were all practical effects because they were going for that that look. I definitely want to watch this uh, this mini mi- this mini docu thing now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it goes into everything. Um, so yeah, the first three episodes were so well put together, you know, with the way that they did all of it. Because the first two were in black and white, right? And so we did the fifties, and mm-hmm. then into the sixties in the second one. Yeah. So and the the first. By the way, I gotta say, I really loved the uh, the the uh, the commercial breaks. Oh yeah, yeah, those were great. Right. And those were just little. Those were just Stark little, Industries toaster. <laughs> right, the Toastmaster two thousand. <laughs> Um, yeah all the in-universe nods are great it's kind of like if uh, you read like uh, before we really like we're we're already kind of skirting with like doing episode by episode breakdown that we should we should hold that off a little bit longer Mm -hmm. i did want to still just kind of get general vibes first not that i haven't enjoyed the thing but like right um fair enough so i mean what one very awesome takeaway here is man the production design is out of sight oh Oh, that is and that is very true for all uh for 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 all of it um, the attention to detail is just astounding yeah oh yeah and marvel is good about that and mm. it's another thing another general thing to talk about is just a great cast just a solid cast all around like yeah you know it, it, it's like certain people will like you know shine of course but that's generally because of like yeah you know they just have the most screen time or whatever i mean there's I'm some smaller characters that Paul are great, but... he's just always he's yeah. just always great yeah good I old mean... jeffrey chaucer <laughs> right yeah <laughs> see that was my first exposure to him uh literally and it was a literal exposure <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, he walks um... onto the stage butt naked <laughs> actually wait a second let me let me check something here really quick because he was in something else um, he was in a Dan Brown film book. Hang on a second. Dan Brown, American author. All right. Oh, he was he's the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh. Here. He was other Kiss Kiss Bang Bang than I'm thinking of. Sorry. <laughs> Hang on a second here. Um, the Da Vinci Code. That would be the first one. Yes. Yeah, so the Da Vinci Code. Did that come out before? That was after. after. Okay. So. Um, of all of the films that he's been in, mm-hmm. um, I haven't heard of any of the ones that, that he was in before A Night's Tale. They were apparently all mostly UK uh, movies. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I've heard of that one. Well, Kiss uh, Kiss Bang Bang is not the one that that both of us are thinking of. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a UK comedy film that came out in 2000, whereas Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a 2005 mo- uh, dark comedy action movie f- uh, starring... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and and Val Val Kilmer, which is probably the one that we're thinking of. Right. And all you nice people in the Midwest, sorry we said fuck so much. (laughs) (laughs) Such a great line. (laughs) Right? Such a clever movie. I need to rewatch that. I've got it in my collection. It's fantastic, yes. I guess the the similar the, the tie into the one division talk there is that it's one of those things that's like conceived on a structural level really mm-hmm. well. It's like really unique and original. Mm-hmm. We could talk about it later though. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we could do a damned thing. episode on that if we really felt like it, or right. other underrated mo- movies that that felt flew 
people's radars. I'm going to put that on the list. Yeah, we could do. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do some uh, some cult movies or underrated yeah. movies. You know, hidden right. gems. Yeah. So, in the rough. but yeah, I mean, you had you had, and of course, um, is is Cat uh, Dennings uh, going to be spoilerish, or can we pull that out? Give me a second. Okay. See, the thing um, is, so the the whole show is rife with spoilers. Yeah. Like. Aside from so, the first like two episodes, there's really yeah. not much you can specifically get into. Like general right. thoughts. We can are be get there in a second, but yeah, like so it is worth saying that a lot of the a lot of the cast mm-hmm. is recurring is returning from previous um from from previous properties, and oh, yeah. I right. really and so so to without getting into spoilers, I really love what they did with people who were returning from other stuff. Oh um, yeah, and the uh, and and the new people that they that they brought in, um, Catherine Hahn, the Agnes, the no, the the nosy neighbor, neighbor. she's oh, really God. great. She's fantastic. Um, and I really liked the person they got to play uh, Monica Rambo, who which is a name that people will know um, if you know comics. But that that mm-hmm. is definitely in spoiler territory. So oh, also yeah. also Asian Jim from The Office shows up. Yeah, <laughs> which. Uh, I did put that picture in. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Green room. Good stuff. Uh, beards really change people. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that the green room? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But yeah, uh, yeah. Cool that, uh, it does a good job of like bringing in um, like a lot mm-hmm. of people that are involved in like Shield or Sword or other various agencies mm-hmm. that are like quote unquote regular people that mm-hmm. are you know compelling characters in their own right sometimes more so that they're not they don't have some super powered uh, escape button to press you know exactly yeah and i mean this whole thing just mm-hmm. amazing yeah. all of this all the characters with the town yeah you know. it's like it's worthwhile like even if you're not big on um on marvel and i can't really blame people for not being big on marvel i mean marvel fatigue is definitely still a thing i just wasn't yeah. experiencing it very much on my end um yeah. but um you may enjoy a lot of this just is just for sort of the progressive progression and the and the loving tribute to various different um like each episode is essentially a send up of a sitcom progressing right. forward in time but each one's also a very specific sitcom like the first one is uh Dick the Van first Dyke. one is Dick Van Dyke. the second one is bewitched the third mm-hmm. one is uh the third one is kind of like the uh, the Brady Bunch. Yes, thank you. Um, the fourth one is an outlier. The fifth one is um... the fifty one. The fifth one they're in the eighties, so that's mm-hmm, yeah. More... The fifth one's like Full House, All in the Family, mm-hmm. something Which, along those lines. Yeah, Full um, House, because yeah. All in the Family was more seventies. Um, mm-hmm. But the next yeah. one is Malcolm in the Middle, and then the last one after that is like The Office or a Modern it, Family, or yeah, or a Modern like Family, or something along those lines. Yeah, so like basically it, the office and beyond mm-hmm. so it's really it's it's very cool the way they like adapted this mm-hmm. the, like made each episode its own style of thing so that's really cool right, right. um now one thing I, I enjoyed about about it all the way through mm-hmm. is that they were they they kept a marvelism in there in that they were because they borrowed from bewitched but in throughout they were trying to hide their secret identity mm-hmm Right. And that was a thing, you know, um, is, you well, know, I mean, that's a classic trope anyway of sitcoms is like, oh, trying, I have to keep this thing secret. And then hilarity right. hijinks. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you, know, you, witch, to... you can't, you can't let every, anyone know that what's your name's a witch. Mm-hmm. And I dream of genie. You can't let any, everyone know that genie is a genie. 
Gene is an actual genie, right? Um, Such a subtle name there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's about but as I, clever as hiding uh, hiding Luke on Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason he didn't go there was because it's full of sand, which is coarse and gritty. And gets oh, God, everywhere. I walked right into that one. <laughs> <laughs> you did not see that coming? <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, you know, so much. I'm almost glad it's in there because of so much, the, the sheer amount of mileage we get out of it is just incredible. Yes, I think at this point we can uh, pause for a second for music, which I haven't done interstitial music in a while. So that I'm looking forward to that commercial break on brand. Yes. Um, oh, I was going to make that joke. I was going to say uh, this episode is brought to you by the fine people over at our Patreon. And then I forgot to. Except we can do that right now. This episode is brought to you by the fine people over on our Patreon, www.workingtheoryproduction.patreon.com slash working theory. If you would like to support the show, please give it a check out. We are I'm actually in the process, by the way, of rejiggering the Patreon so like it won't be quite such a dead space like it is at the moment. So if that's what's been keeping you away, keep your eyes peeled as I gesture with a knife at my webcam. <laughs> that's not threatening. Peeling knife. And now music. wasn't that some great music okay um so at this point um spoilers are potentially on deck so if you haven't so if time. you if you care about whether or not it is a spo something is spoiled um be aware that we will spoil spoil the fuck out of it yeah um titanic sing king kong falls off the building darth yeah. vader's luke's dad etc um all, all of our other spoilers of the week i really loved how uh, so to to jump right into it I loved getting Darcy in again from from oh, uh, that was so great. Yeah, I, I so I had been recent. I've actually been on a recent rewatch of the MCU in release order, and Darcy was absolutely the best thing about both of the bad Thor movies. <laughs> yeah, Just, like Thor and Thor and by the that Dark you mean World Thor, and Thor too, right? Because yeah, Thor, Thor and Thor the Dark World are both. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't Iron go so far as to say. Good superhero movies well okay i mean i just I'm, iron fist good is fair forget i wouldn't say it's a bad movie yeah. because it's still solid like considering what it does like i don't know how mm. you make that movie more interesting like i'm amazed they pulled it off as they did you yeah, know it, it wasn't if it wasn't for like hemsworth charisma mm. then like that thing would have been dead on arrival let's be and honest. hopkins was great is great as ever that's true yes he deserves props. like it, that, like, that I'm sorry. She made. She did make those two movies. Yeah, she's absolutely the best thing about those two. About those two movies, in my opinion, and the fact that she is now apparently a doctor ha has earned her doctorate in whatever it was that Jane was studying with the like. Oh, really? Yeah, like interdimensional That's astrophysics. Um, and she gets brought in by Sword to uh, to work out what the heck's going on and cracks the code. In the like, first three minutes that she's there. Like, wait a second. Um, yeah, she's yeah. like, I'm scanning for this thing. Oh, yeah, it's right there. Like, I figured it would be. Oh, hey, there's like a signal buried inside it. We can watch that. Get me an old T. Get me a CRT. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and that's the thing. I love that you got this. You got this whole, you know, this whole pop up base full of, you know, the military's best scientists, and you get this one, this one, one, you know, astrophysicist who goes, "Huh? Would you look at that?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, and just proving, doesn't think- proving that she is, in fact, like she she is she is very smarter, badass. Yeah, smarter than everybody at the mm-hmm. base. Even though she can't pronounce Mjolnir. Well, I imagine. Yeah, but did. to be fair, who can? Right. Yeah. You know, at first, yeah, she wasn't trying, and after that, it was just a good. It was just a good running joke. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, she walks in episode four. You know, meanwhile, you know, and boom, the first three minutes, she's got it figured out. It's we interrupt this program. Meanwhile, would have also been good. Yeah, we interrupt this program. You know, so for the first three, we see we see the first one almost perfect. You know, except for Vision's wondering what the hell do we do here? Yeah. You know, you know, and and then you know, then there's so many questions that she didn't answer early, early on that they're having to make mm-hmm. up and go along. You start to see the tiny little cracks in the yeah. And the second one, there she's starting to answer. She's starting to cover some of that, you know. And the second one was where they did the magic show, right? Yeah, yeah. The second one was where they did the magic show, and Paul Bettany got to act drunk on gum. Right, drunk on gum. Um, yeah, but, but you should gum. really enunciate that. Right, <laughs> drunk on bubble gum, and. There you uh, go. And then, um, you know, so, and then the, and that one, that second one is where we see the transition to color and mm. suddenly Wanda's pregnant, you know, and it just, we start to see that this is not completely real, you know, and then, yeah, episode, episode three, pregnancy in a day. Well, it's a mm-hmm. bit of an understatement there, but okay. <laughs> well, uh, which, which part? <laughs> not completely real. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> well. It is kind of real, but not completely. You know, she's making it up as she goes along. Well, the, thing, the thing about it is, like, the, the the real subversiveness of it is that, like, you know, you know from the outset something's up. Like, that's the whole premise of the show. But, like, mm-hmm. um, you don't know what the nature of it is. And mm-hmm. initially, your people are typically going to be more inclined, since, of course, you identify with the, you know, heroic characters in big air quotes. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to be like, oh, okay, well... You know, there's some thing going on. There's some mysterious force or energy or like yeah. big bad or alien or whatever. There's or there's some kind of plot or scheme or they're in some kind of virtual reality or whatever it is. Right. But that's the thing about it is that it's like, oh, okay, like this is all like 99 percent of this is on her. You know? Yeah. Well, well you don't not, find that out until after mm-hmm. we interrupt because yeah, they, inter- they're really. I I really feel like they're setting up uh, Wanda to probably actually be a villain slash antagonist in uh dr strange too. dr strange yeah uh multiverse of madness because she is she she has been confirmed to be to be an appearance in that Mm -hmm. um yeah well and and when when agatha was saying her bit she was all like she name dropped uh or title dropped i should say yeah the sorcerer supreme Mm -hmm. and the theoretical source of all chaos magic that she uh that she gets is the cosmic being Thawne, um, who is a common antagonist of um, of Doctor Strange. So my guess is probably that uh, she's going to end up being either controlled or in the service to Thawne. And yes, that's how you really should be pronouncing it. You don't pronounce the, the K. It's spelled C-T-H-O-N. But the C is mostly silent. It's like it's not Thrawn. It's not a thong. It's not Thrawn wearing a thong. It's yeah. Thon. <laughs> well, it, with with a with a massively swallowed cuss sound at the very at the very beginning, almost not spoken. Mm. <clears throat> so and we're just gonna see how much I can say during this episode that could be 
edited yeah, to sound like... really weird. <laughs> or unedited. Exponential levels weird. of innuendo going on here. Right. Um, I, that We mentioned earlier, uh, you're talking about antagonists and stuff. It, it bears <laughs> mentioning um, that that's another unique thing about um, about the show is that um, Wanda is both a protagonist and an antagonist at the same time especially mm-hmm. when vision starts figuring out stuff mm-hmm. and is trying yeah. to find answers and stuff. Cause it's like, like you want, I mean, presumably I, I certainly do. It's like, I want, you know, both of them to like be happy and alive <laughs> and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're inherently at odds with each other like, yeah. during that process. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, I love you. So uh, you don't need to know this thing or I know it's best or whatever. So it's like, you know, like they love each other still, but there's a conflict going on there. This is how uh, relationships between lawful neutrals and chaotic neutrals get weird. So <laughs> lawful neutral being vision, presumably. Vision, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's literally chaos magic. Yeah, right. Who knows? And he's, yeah, he's a, he's a uh, living, you know, living machine. So, and you know some of the other things that we bring out, we you know we see Darcy you know back in mm-hmm. back in the in the game, which is awesome. I, I gotta say I really loved uh, I loved how also how how Agent Wu managed to actually be like not just a joke character, like he was still right. comic relief, mm-hmm. but like he demonstrates that he is in fact actually pretty decently badass. Mm-hmm. Also, he pulls off a magic trick at one point. <laughs> He pulls off a magic trick the minute he walks on screen. It's like flip, you know, just like I learned that from Ant Man. Yeah, well, he he does that. He he does a few different. Uh, yeah, she, he does a few different bits of close up magic that he that was definitely a carryover from. Yeah, that was an Ant Man too. That's another great meme with like the magic users that survived Thanos, and they all have these big powers. Then you have Ant and you have Ant Man like pulling cards out of his mouth, and it's like yeah, the, the vomiting a deck of cards. <laughs> right? Yeah. So and then that comes in handy because that that first you know flipping the card and doing all that stuff that informs for later on when Jimmy does have his crowning moment of badass, <laughs> you know. Well, it's fitting you have the whole magic act like leading up to exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, he, you know, and he, uh, you know, gets out of handcuffs when he's not supposed to, you know, it's like he slips some handcuffs and pockets a phone. Yeah. yeah <laughs> let's exactly. be real here, though. Like, that's some pretty sloppy ass security. He's like, yeah, just give him a pair of cuffs and kind of ignore him. He'll, he'll be fine. That's like James Bond supervillain level of neglect there. It's like, right. no, you, yeah. if this is a serious threat. <laughs> who's like a capable veteran agent is like no you have like a person or two like on top of him well uh, See, that, that, was, that was the thing he was they didn't yeah they weren't taking him seriously he's just right. some scrub fbi agent who happened to you know draw the short straw and have to head out to westview well that's another um, that's another theme uh, one of the lesser themes in the uh or i should say smaller themes because that sounds more uh less judgmental um <laughs> one of the uh, smaller themes uh is um just like the bureauc- the bureaucratic wars and like the you know like the um like mm-hmm. the allegiances and like you know, like mm-hmm. ego trips and stuff you know that that whole thing you know like right. the machine versus the individual and you know all that kind yeah. of stuff we get yet another example of pretty much every government agency that isn't run by nick fury is run by an asshole right well let's be fair nick fury is occasionally an asshole yes but he's he's justified in being an asshole yeah like like the big difference is nick fury will all will it, it, it usually is one of the smartest people in the room which is saying something like iron the, man the company he yeah keeps. it's like he's often an asshole yeah he's unlike asshole, every other every room. other person like the director of sword is like is 
no, we're going to do that. Like, it isn't isn't willing to listen to any sort of reason. See, that was that was one of my few. Thunderbolt Ross, like, hey, there's this there's this giant green rage monster. Let's shoot at it a bunch because that makes sense. I that was one of my few gripes with the show is that like um the character that character was like very much a caricature like one dimensional like oh I'm just gonna you know be this stubborn like power trippy guy who has like no Hi nuance there, to him I'm basically the Hi there. yeah it's just yeah, you know well there was some annoying. nuance there was to me a little bit of nuance to him in that he was because he laid out his entire agenda at the beginning but we just didn't catch it uh you know to start with it's like hey emphasis has changed you know yes so he Sentient went from, weapons and orbital uh observation and response yeah or, yeah and then now it's research yeah so and yeah they were like no we're you know sword is just um we're, we're much more in the sentient weapons as opposed to the observation and response part. Well, I would say there's there's one exception to it. One um, one instance where they actually showed some like nuance to him is when they went back, they did the because, you know, the, the show has a lot of like time jumpiness with like going mm-hmm. back to past events and stuff. Flashbacks, um, yeah. Yeah, um, and there is the, the the flashback where you had um, you had Wanda like in the aftermath, like you know, show up and want to see mm-hmm. Vision, and ultimately you know, abscond with him and all that. But like when he he met with her and like talked mm-hmm. with her and was like like frank with her, like he wasn't trying to be cruel; he was just being honest and like right. you know, like he he didn't have to do any of that. Like he didn't have to be like, Oh yeah, I'll just see you immediately. And like, I'll actually be honest with you and like lay the shit on the table and let you know what's going on. And like mm-hmm. he, he, I mean, even though they were at odds with each other with like their, you know, their, their mm-hmm. goals and stuff um, in that, like before it escalated, like in that moment, he was just treating her like, you know, a human being and mm-hmm. was like, right. you know, like he, he was, you know, like two things could be true at the same time. Like, He's right. very much a, like, okay, the ends justify the means, and I have a mission, and this is my duty, and this is more important than, you know, like, this individual, like, thing, mm-hmm. or, like, her feelings, or whatever, and at the end of the day, it is just a machine, no matter how convincing she thinks it is. Like, you know, he has his view on it, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so it's like, but at the same time, um, I, I feel like there's some genuine humanity there. Now, it's debatable as, like, how, much, how much of that was just... Doctor, um, the footage of her showing up to paint her as the as, as the as the villain as well. Well, and, and that, this is the thing mm-hmm. is that whenever you have something like that, then they would just like throw that in there. Like I don't know. I feel like it's like I don't well, know missed opportunities. Well, even then, um, you know, he was lying through his teeth to her. They weren't dismantling Vision. They were trying to put him back together. Yep. Um, and but well, by the same hey, token, they succeeded. But by the same token, he was being tactically intelligent because here's here's this you know this metahuman who right. could literally walk walk who could have walked right in done exactly as he predicted. As well, he, yeah, that's what I was going to say is that there's interpretation as to how much of that is just him like yeah. being pragmatic and be like, all right, I want her to remain as calm as possible and try to talk her off the ledge yeah. here. Unless like she just, really, right, the, yeah. he didn't he didn't doctor much of the footage. All he did was selective cuts. Right, he presented yeah. it in a, he presented it in a very convincing fashion, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's the thing is is he you know he was very convincing the way he put it together the way he presented it and yeah he didn't he didn't say you know he said you know she came here and she took it <clears throat> and you know successful editing yeah made it look like she you know she took vision because he didn't know have any idea of how that was happening you know he was um, how how it was that there was this vision inside the hex when um, body outside I've got this other one out here he's white. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And, or things uh, that can be taken out of context with me saying right. <laughs> he is literally the he is literally like almost albino. Al- yeah, yeah. He, he is an un he is an unpainted mini. How about that? Yes, yeah, he's he, he, he's, he's a prime, he's a primed mini as well. Yeah. With, with 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 a blue with a blue forehead dot, but that's it. Right. He's a he's a primed Mega Man X mm-hmm. or Strong Bad. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we get we get this whole thing with um you know as we go along we we see the we see the world start to kind of crack at the edge mm. as we go along and we see you know and you know we <laughs> sorry what? just remembered in the uh in the modern family slash office episode where they do keep doing cutaway to being interviewed for the faux documentary style yeah. I, I i i laughed really hard at it and i'm laughing now because it just flashed in my head uh to the whole Wait a second. Why the hell am I doing this vision thing? So he yeah. takes the microphone off and just flies away. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's pretty great. Why am I waiting for this for, for this obstruction that I can just move past I if I just leave that. Darcy? Right? Yeah. Um, and then Darcy shows up in the 11th hour. Right? Yeah. Well, and and the the whole thing, I mean when you when you get to the whole thing I mean, you you get so much going on, especially after episode four. I mean, episode four just lays it out right in front of you, like this is what we're looking at, and yeah. it's still a mystery. They're still trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, as you you know, go along, and suddenly episode seven, you know, we find out it was Agatha all along. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. At the end of episode seven, right? uh, Agnes, tur- the the nosy neighbor, turns out to be Agatha Harkness. Witch and of I, Salem, and old, I love, school, old school uh, Marvel Comics character, classic, uh, classic enemy to a lot, of, to pretty much anyone who ever did magic. Um, but also the one who trained Wanda mm-hmm. uh, is a sometime ally too. Yeah, I mean it's you know like with anything you know, um, but yeah, and then you then you go back and you look at the you look at the uh, the clues that are happening every time she's always yeah, there it's fun to go her. back and like think back to the things and then knowing what they mean you know like mm-hmm. like the symbol like the sword symbol kind of thing mm-hmm. and like the mm-hmm. beekeeper outfit kind of you know like all that stuff that makes sense after the fact i thought yeah. another another thing that i thought was cool about how they um did the show is the whole like um the whole revelation that the reason why the sitcom, the old sitcom stuff is so important is because those were her like cherished family memories when she was, you know, in this bombed out war torn hellhole, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, that was that one was... of the few things she had, like fleeting moments of happiness and family and stuff before everything was, you know, yeah. ripped away from her. Right. Before, before, yeah, before the bad happened. Right. Yeah. Before things went to shit uh, for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and then you, you get all these throwbacks after a certain point, though to you know uh her becoming you know what she was her exposure to the mind stone mm-hmm. um you know also, and... I, I love the fake out with um with fake pietro right <laughs> yeah but like it's because it's it's a it, it, it's a double fake out because mm-hmm. they won they're like hey look it's that guy who played quicksilver in the x-men movies right but then um, darcy's like she recast pietro which yeah, was, like was meta within meta to start oh yeah that was meta yeah, like fuck. That and, was and the whole meta. thing is was also just a complete misdirect because like it's not it's not somehow the x-men showing up in westview it's just let's get this actor and fuck with the audience right it's the show playing a trick on the audience yes you right. know suddenly, yeah and it, it's and it works on another meta level because it it takes you know 
how things would go in the in the 60s and 70s sitcoms like when they completely uh recast um you know the the male lead in i drew a genie oh the um, whole like the whole trip about or, like oh hey here's this family not, member from not, out of town that shows up and that's like or or for you 90s kids who's playing aunt viv this season <laughs> for, oh, fresh from, prince from, from fresh yeah. prince yeah and <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, just things like that where they would, you know, recast people, um, and you know, it, it fucks with us as the as the as the viewers like, <gasps> oh no, fake. But yeah. then then it plays off. It pays off in another joke completely. And she's always Agnes is always talking about Ralph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hey, there's Ralph. Pietro is Ralph. Yeah, it's Ralph. Mm-hmm. She's talking about at home. So yeah, it just like well, I need someone to not screw up my my master plan here. Um, right. And then, but then we also, I mean, this whole thing's, uh, the latter three episodes serve as an origin story for Photon. Yes, indeed. You know, and we see who, you know, why she becomes who she becomes. What the hell is Photon? Monica, Monica Rambo. Rambo. I, I thought, she, I thought her name was Spectrum. Spectrum, Photon, Captain Marvel. She's gone through several. Yeah, she's had a bunch of names. That's the problem. Yeah. She uh, goes yes. through names Get like comics. Right, she went through names like Janet Van Dyne used to go through outfits. She has well, I, been, according I, to Wikipedia. I, mean, I had that vibe where I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, th- this yeah. person is apparently very important, but I don't know why. Yeah, I know yeah. her as Spectrum, but she has been Captain Marvel, Photon, Photon Pulsar, Daystar, uh, Scepter, Lady of Light, Monica Marvel, <laughs> Sun Goddess, and Spectrum. Um, yeah, this is like uh, this is like Daenerys's entrance when they give off all her titles, like Mother yeah. of Dragons, Breaker of Chain, and <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. a she is a common uh, team up with Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, which I mean, they're definitely setting up Captain Marvel too, and like that that part of this was, hey, um, let's just introduce this person in a in a miniseries, so we don't have to do their intro to the whole movie on in her the intro. movie. Right. Well, it's more like uh, they, they had this. They had the singer at the end, and it's more like it was scrolls all along. Is the real reveal, mm-hmm. right? Well, and and the the thing with that, I I loved her final origin as she's walking through the wall of the hex. You know, um, yeah. she, that was just... like they she the the reason also I was thinking, oh hey, it's Spectrum was because she actually like she she prisms out a bit and then pulls herself back together. Mm-hmm. Um, so like yeah. she. There's yeah, eight of her at one point, so yeah. Well, and the the reason I went with Photon is because that was her mother's uh, call sign. Ah, there so, you go. Uh, that's uh-huh. yeah. That, that was the in that was the in in universe callback that they were throwing at us. Mm-hmm. Uh, was you know was her mom's call sign. Mm-hmm. So I I see her picking that one up at least as her first one. Um, but yeah, probably in the way they the the importance they put on that in the uh, in the show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's another good thing about the show is that like. You don't have to know any of that shit and you still enjoy the show and appreciate it. Yeah, you don't like, like, like if you do, true. it's just a whole nother level of awesomeness, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it does it and it does it in a way where it's like, you know, it's all conducive to like what's going on. It's actually like, they're not wasting the screen time on like, hey, kids, remember the thing? It's like, it's actually relevant to like the characters and the relationships and the development, and probably ultimately right. where the story is going, one would hope. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but, it just, yeah, it, it does it does so much with with all of that. I'd say um, another big like kind of big picture takeaway um, 
which you know I couldn't really talk much about because it's inherently spoilerific. Um, and the first part was, uh, well, I guess not necessarily, but it's easier to, um, is just the the emphasis on like the personal and the smaller scale as opposed to just like, oh, like the world's about to end because, you know, Loki or Thanos or, you know, whatever, right. you know, it's like, mm-hmm. um, or Ultron or whatever. It's just um, sometimes less is more. And I found like a lot of that stuff a lot of the um, a lot of the dynamics a lot more interesting than just kind of like oh hey um, looks like there's a like Tony oops and we're gonna have to save the world from him <laughs> from ourselves from well, it's, uh, there there's there is a saying that I like uh, when it comes to uh, to in, anything that that, that is con- that is a con- continuum in a, in a series which is once a series goes to space where exactly do you go from there yeah right. Um, and I think honestly, by um, by having this be like, yeah, we d- we did get Spider Man Far From Home mm-hmm. um, post well, Endgame, but like WandaVision was really kind of the first big thing we got post Endgame, mm-hmm. and 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 they did they they did the really smart thing, which was which is as Mike said, going from giant cosmic end of the world to as really small scale as you can get. Well, yeah. and, look at one person yeah. and and they're dealing with the grief with with, with the process of grief well even yeah. if they have the when they have the obligatory like cgi flying around special effects fight um mm-hmm. that was very much an intimate like you know one-on-one yeah. like emotional mm-hmm. thing it was more about like her coping right. and dealing with who she is and what she's done and what she should do than just like i've got the better hadouken you know like right and i, and I loved how vision uh beat himself with philosophy Oh yeah. yes, that was perfect. That was brilliant. I love. Hey, that. let's have a philosophy battle. Well, the thing is, is we got lots of fighting before that, and then he's like, yes. "Wait." <laughs> yeah. Wait. Well, and the thing is, like, is that he's Point like, oh, "Okay, so if this is me, then I know that I would listen to me because I'm me. Therefore, yeah. hey, listen, right. why don't we why don't we discuss a little bit here? Why don't I outwit <laughs> myself? Yeah. And but yeah, and what he had as an advantage, it wasn't you know I'm truly facing myself. He had an advantage if he had his experiences to draw on. Whereas the true the blank slate, the tabula rosa vision, mm-hmm. um, had nothing to work with. He had the memories, but he couldn't access them. Yeah. Well, whereas, and that's the thing is he was counting whereas, on it. He knew that he was yeah. like you know desperate to know those things, so he had that leverage. Like he knew he would be willing to yeah. talk if he suggested it. Yeah. Fake exactly. vision only recently got that back from sitting in a car with Darcy and getting a and getting an off screen recap. Right. Wait. But, so she killed me. Well, yeah, but you asked her to. <laughs> yeah, but you asked her to. Yeah. Relationship status, it's complicated. Right. Mega complicated. Uh, relationship status widowed twice from the same guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and so there's one mystery that I never got resolution to. Okay. Who was Jimmy Woo there to check up on? What do you mean, like at the uh, very beginning? Oh, wow, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that is, uh, if I recall correctly, he was. Um, I believe. It, I. I want to <laughs> say it was. The, I want to say it was the 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 black guy. I can't remember his name. Um, but he was apparently some sort of information source or something. I could be wrong. Could be very wrong. I probably I honestly wrong. don't. Or I don't even really remember. Mm-hmm. Like the you know the basic like premise there. Um, he w- well Jimmy Woo was there to 
uh, because a uh, someone who was in the witness protection program had gone quiet. Yeah. Ah, okay. And I want to... Yeah, I don't know if they addressed that or if they, like, hint at it or whatever. They don't. Clearly, I, don't I did not pick did. up on it if they did. I'm going to find it, because I, I know I... I'm pretty sure I... Uh, I'm pretty sure I read it in... Uh, in the MCU wiki. You know, it's funny, the whole Vision versus Vision thing reminded me of, like, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, but it doesn't really work because they're both robots. <laughs> it's just, like, Mecha versus Mecha. <laughs> I mean, they've done that to a certain extent at one, at one point or another, I'm sure. It's, it's I will find it. Keep talking. It's a weird dynamic because it's, like, you, like, <laughs> the fake Vision, like, you have more time with and, like, uh, in, in a weird way has a more pure origin than the quote unquote real vision who feels like the fake vision. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, right. it's bizarre because it's like, technically he's more real than the other vision because he actually comes from the hard matter. That was the actual vision, you know, it's weird, right? Cause it's another one of those themes where it's like, you're looking at like, mm -hmm. um, you know, like the spiritual, like the soul versus the, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, blunt matter of the body or whatever because mm -hmm. it's like in some ways it's like okay well you know this this vision may have been made whole cloth but like he was made whole cloth out of the actual like love and memories of wanda as opposed to just oh we're just going to frankenstein this thing together and like pervert his <laughs> very essence <laughs> it's right. like yeah you could say that technically that's more authentic because it uses the parts but it's like you know then of course you yeah. fold back to the original question of the vision is you know of like is he a real person like does he have a soul like he's technically a machine like what I, makes him that's him? why the ship of theseus is the ideal um philosophical uh, uh um what are, what these words? Um, Analogy, metaphor, conundrum, conundrum. Right, because mm. that that uh, because because it's 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 a philosophical question that cannot be directly answered. It is simply a point of debate. Mm. Um, that's what he because, talks about when he has yeah. his philosophy off, right? Like yes, that's that, that, being a ship. There's there's a it, yeah. It is because it is actually a very famous philosophical thought exercise. Mm -hmm. At what point is the ship of Theseus mm -hmm. no longer the ship of Theseus? Or is it still the ship of Theseus? And if we rebuild the thing from the replaced planks, is that the ship, right. or what? And right. it, it because it get it it it's a it's an argument sort of on on the metaphysical contextual level of of the of the thingness of a thing, right? right. So yeah, yeah, and it kind of gets, uh, but it's, there, it's really just the perfect analogy. Also, it's one that a lot of people learn in college philosophy, right? Um, which is very Western way. <laughs> Um, so a couple things that I, I do want to, you know, bring it, we haven't actually mentioned like the, the callbacks to the costumes in, uh, yeah. in the, yeah, the original Scarlet Witch costume. That was great. Yeah. The old hell, yeah, the old vision yeah. costume, the old, uh, old yeah, that, that was their Halloween. The, the Halloween, Halloween spooktacular. Yeah. Uh, which was a great episode all on its own. That reminds me of Luke Cage when he had like the OG outfit and he's like, you look like a damn fool. Yeah. <laughs> With the tiara and the, and the, yeah. and the manacles yeah. and the yellow shirt. Yeah, just like, you know. Nothing so, says badass uh, street brawler like tiara. Right. So, and, and then to get uh, beyond that, I love what they actually did with Wanda's costume afterwards at the end. Yeah, I had a good blend of like new but classic, kind of like Cap, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's got the essence of cat, but it's like modern and doesn't seem cheesy. <clears throat> like the little, right. like you know, what are those called? The little wingtip things. Right. Those are. Yeah, little wings on the on the helmet on the yeah. on the on the uh, the, the hat. hat. 
Yeah. Yeah. But they, but they're still there. They're just stylized, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, but, and here's the, here's the, the beautiful thing about that. They put, uh, you know, they, they put Elizabeth Olsen in that thing and she's going, okay, we need to do this. We need to fix this. I can't move like this. She starts right. moving around in it and they altered it to fit the way she needed to move, uh, the way she, yeah, wanted. a lot of that stuff is just born out of necessity. Yeah. Well, mm. and it wasn't, it wasn't just necessity. It was her going, you know, I'm, I'm going to need to. I can't do this. The, I don't feel right like this. It was basically her not only going, this is what I'm going to have to do in the in the show, but this is what Wanda would do. Well, I guess it depends on how you define necessity. There's different right. levels of it. Right. Not you necessity. can't physically do the thing. And then there's just the whole actors like I could do it, but it's not going to feel or look right. So let's not. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and I love that they had the little cutout in the neck uh of the of you know of the the hem of the neck uh with, with the shape of the mind stone in it mm -hmm. yeah it's good design all around and also yeah. they didn't make her look like a stripper exactly exactly well, even when they did the old school costume they didn't make mm -hmm. her look like a stripper yeah you know well i don't think the, the didn't wasn't stripper-esque though right wasn't it pretty conservative looking yeah well it was essentially just a one-piece bathing suit so it, it ended oh, okay. at it ended it cut off at the upper thigh and and the crotch so I guess so, for its time, it was kind of stripper-esque then, right? Because yeah. it may be a one-piece, but it's still just a friggin' swimsuit, basically. Also, you know? a whole lot of cleavage because it's, you know... Mm. Marvel. Aimed at 12-year-old boys. Yeah. 10-year-old yeah. boys or whatever, you know. <laughs> 10 <laughs> right. to 16 or whatever the fuck the... Yeah. yeah. Whatever you're However like. many, yes. Yeah. But, Man, yeah. so many people have been called Captain Marvel. I know. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, because the original cra Captain Crapton, the original yeah, Captain Slip, <laughs> <laughs> the original Cap, original Captain Marvel was Captain Marvel, yeah. who was Cree, one of the first and few people who ever died permanently in the Marvel universe. Well, for a while, I thought he's still dead. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Then Monica Rambeau was actually the second Captain person to to gain the epithet. Then there was uh, Genis Vell, who was another uh, Cree from the looks of things. Then um, Philavel, which is Gennisville's younger sister, then Nr, K K H N N R. You tell me how to pronounce that. Um, then Novar, and then most recently Carol Danvers, who was Miss Marvel for a long time before she was Captain Marvel. So sorry, I got distracted. But yeah, Monica was actually the second Captain Marvel. That's kind of cool. So that stinger at the end. Um, like I want to make sure I'm not like totally missing the boat here um was is monica actually monica or is monica like f some fucking scroll imitator or something no, she's like consorting with well, a scroll monica, so so no so the stinger so the first stinger um monica gets a, a so monica has been monica this whole time um a scroll comes down and says hey a friend of yours out in space is maybe asking to talk to talk to you, which is going to be Carol. Was it Carol or, or Nick? Well, it's going to be one or the other, but yeah. like they're obviously setting up Monica is going to be in the next Captain Marvel movie because Spectre Captain Marvel slash Photon slash all those other names she's had is a is a is a common team up with Captain Marvel. And hey, now she's got superpowers. Mm -hmm. Um but that begs the question of like, why is she just like, oh, oh you're, you're a secret alien? That's cool. Like, I'm not surprised or threatened by that whatsoever. That's because she's she was in the first Captain Marvel movie. She was the kid. Okay. See, I never actually saw. That was the one movie I haven't seen. Mm. Ah, so I okay. don't know that. You should check yeah. it out. It's 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 like it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I am. I just you know I just haven't got around to. But it. 
Yeah, no, she was the kid in Captain Marvel. Um, See, I didn't realize this was going to be a thing. Like, I didn't get around to seeing the movie. Now there's been like three of these references where it's like, oh, if you didn't see the movie, you don't know the fuck's going on. <laughs> right. It's, I feel like it's one of the least forgiving in that in that uh, context because it's like there's so many other movies where it's like, eh, you could have seen it or not seen it, and you you get the gist. But it's like for some reason that specific movie, there's just so much fucking weird like esoteric and space shit going on where it's just like, oh, yeah. well, if you didn't see that, you don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, like not knowing because the because the scrolls are are. Are, are good guys apparently in this marvel universe or at least the ones that we typically see on earth are okay this is one of those like um i don't know what's a good analogy like oh drizzt is a good guy but like every other fucking drow isn't more or so less. <laughs> it's much more like it's entirely possible that they're just deciding that the scrolls are good guys um Oh, in okay. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, see, my only, my only, like, my only experience of the scrolls is them as an invading force. It's like yeah. imitating people. So yeah, and doing secret invasion. Yeah, right. Um, it's entirely possible that they're just not going to do that, or they might at some point in the future, and it'll be a big twist. But so far, pretty much the Kree have been bad people, and the scrolls have the the, the Kree have been the, the oppressors. Right. And then the, third, so... and then the second singer. Wanda is reading the Darkhold. Right. So apparently was stuck in Agents of Shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it did. It featured Agents of Shield. So real quick, uh, the the stinger, the uh, the after credits with Nick Fury in space comes at the end of what movie? Um, Spider Man. Spider Man. Okay. So oh. Spider Man. Okay, got it. I got not Homecoming. Sorry, Spider Man Far From Home. The second. Yeah. Home. Right. Which because there, the there's two stingers in that one. There's the one where. Nick Fury is like, okay, I guess my vacation's over. And then there's the one where J.K. Simmons is J. Yeah. Jonah Jameson and, uh, and Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And Right. Yeah. So, okay. I was just trying to make sure because for some reason I had it in my head uh, that, that I had it in my head pegged to uh, end games. Like, no, no, that couldn't be because he wouldn't have been alive for that long after that. Mm. So <laughs> I'm still very curious as to how they're going to hand wave Peter Parker's identity being revealed because right like, well once that thought is implemented if that's yeah. not undone by some kind of magic or timey wiminess or whatever then there's no way people are going to be convinced that it's actually not him because well, there's there, so there, many there's obvious instances be... of right. the, the that fact that the fact that this that the third upcoming uh no that no way home which has had a name spoiled apparently is is going to now it it, it like officially is going well unofficially officially is going to feature um tom holland Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire all playing Peter Parker or huh. at least Spider-Man. I think that's part of how they're going to get some of the hand wavium done. They're Spider-Versing this shit. Yes, they're doing a, a minor live live action Spider-Verse. At Which, least and they, and apparently Charlie Cox is going to be the, be in it too. As Daredevil. As Daredevil. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> if, they can, if they can pull off like they did with Spider-Verse, which was a damn fine animated feature. So good, yes. Well, see, that's the, the the real lead here is that is that uh, you know, we're gonna have a true Netflix and movie crossover scenario. Like never mm -hmm. the Twain Shall Meet was the edict for the longest time. Yeah. And now they're actually serious about Charlie Cox uh, you know, being Daredevil on the big screen, which is that is awesome. like yeah. it's one of those things that like it's one of those things that that it's been heavily said and spoiled and and looked at, but hasn't ever been officially confirmed. But probably is going to be like it's one of those things that is probably going to be a rumor until the movie comes out, right? Or the cast yeah. list, at least. So 
God, it's one of those things fiction. where um it, it's it's uh one of those things where there have been um there have been reliable inside sources saying that this is going to happen and there and there is casting for a courtroom scene scene um but it's one of those things where the producers aren't going to say anything because buzz is good yeah right? let there be buzz <laughs> indeed well gentlemen you're yeah. running out of time shall we do yeah. final thoughts yeah that's true yeah. um wandavision was really good and i'm i like i like what they're doing with sort of short term um you know short term like mini series uh yeah limited series yeah um, limited series like it, it's still going to be cheap like i'm i'm interested to see what they're going to do with falcon winter soldier which is coming out like next week yeah actually coming out uh, coming out in about three hours. Oh, really? I thought it was. I thought it was. Wow, shit. Friday uh, <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm apparently way off. Yeah, no. It, it it it's coming out like so immediately that wow, really? Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm half tempted to stay up and watch it, but really shouldn't. I hear that. <laughs> um, because I mean, they're gonna do ep- they're gonna do it episodically, just like the last thing. I'm sure. Um, right. Uh, let's see here, because it's supposed to be on the nineteenth. Oh yeah, that's. Uh... Yep, there it is, coming March nineteenth at Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, here uh, it usually drops at about two a.m. Uh, Central Time. I'm not going to. I'm not staying up for it. I can't. I. Yeah. I have to have a brain tomorrow. Yeah, I, I work. So okay, my final thoughts on Wandavision. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about Wandavision, the thing that worked so well for me, is that there was. Wanda was both the protagonist and one of the antagonists of the I show. would almost argue that she was really more of a villain protagonist. Well, and the thing is, is that if you were to, if I were to defend her in court, my defense would be not guilty by reason of temporary insanity. Yeah. Because all of this happened as a result of her having a breakdown, you know? And while some people could say, yeah, well, that's a good reason to euthanize all, all heroes or, you know, do things like that. It's like, yeah, but you do that and you get more of this, <laughs> you know? Um, but at the end of it, you know, she is actually contrite about what she did. You know, she did try to save his, you know, everybody that she could. Uh, but also, you know, there is Agatha was the, you know, was the, uh, you know, was the other antagonist and she was trying to steal wanda's power which i love wanda learning her lesson and in the middle of the fight missing agatha and slowly setting up the runes in hex the the other i i would agree with neil's take about um her being kind of like a you know um, identifiable yeah villain protagonist or whatever um Mm -hmm. yeah i guess that's a good term for it villain protagonist um because the the thing about it is like agatha is who agatha is like you Mm -hmm. expect that of her she just is who she is. She's been evil. She ain't going to stop being evil. It's whatever. Yeah. But right. Wanda knows better. Wanda mm-hmm. is an Avenger. Wanda is supposed to yeah. not give and, in to this and stuff. While and while she... The, and, sorry, go ahead. The very essence of being heroic is sacrificing. And she's yeah. just not willing to do that. So mm-hmm. that is a direct dereliction of everything she's supposed to do. And well, Everyone, she did, everything she's supposed to protect. She did realize... Like, Initially, when she did the thing, she didn't know what she was doing. Like right. that is that that is that that is recognizable. Yeah, her that's... breakdown, her taking control of everyone and 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 turning it into the Dick Van Dyke <clears throat> show um, was um, that. Yeah, that was that was but beyond it didn't her take control. Long what becomes? Yeah, what be what what turns her in in my mind into the villain protagonist 
is the fact that by episode three, she's worked out that she's actually controlling this nonsense mm -hmm. and she doesn't stop. Right. No, she, that, she doubles that, down. Yeah. Even. That, yeah. Is, that is when she, she so goes from being a sad person who is understandably grieving and, you mm -hmm. know, you, and, you know, you could for, potentially forgive her actions to being truly villainous because she's well, there's, there's a special irony to it. free will there's a special irony to it too because she grew up in this you know this communist locked down you know fascistic society and mm -hmm. what does she do she becomes the new you know communist party she becomes the new you know head honcho who's just like you you can only do and say what i program you to do or right. you know like all of your free will and freedom is gone it's like right. i'll just dance to my strings Right. But, you know, I, and again, I, I think that all of that is part of that breakdown is her so desperately trying to avoid seeing that, that her brain, you know, her 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 perceptions are so warped by that point. She is bought into her own delusion. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, did she, what she do, you know, did you know, was what she did right or what she did wrong? It was wrong. But, you know, there was there were there are so many things that that go into that you know, go into her getting there that you, you know, you can't, you can't hold her fully accountable because there's a sort, there's a point where, I mean, also this is a normal human being holding the power of an infinity stone. Well, actually yeah. really having a, having, um, ha well, sort of, she more like has powers augmented by the infinity stone because apparently she was magic beforehand. Right. She could, yeah, she, she had some of it, but then she was exposed to the infinity stone and she has part of that in her the way I interpret the way we saw her, you know, when she created Vision, that was part of the Infinity Stone that was within her. That was her explanation mm -hmm. to Vision. He was that part of the Infinity Stone that was in her, that it influenced her. I mean, mm -hmm. so, yeah. I mean, and and when you look at it, every mortal who has touched the Infinity Stone has risked utter annihilation. I mean, mm -hmm. the Red Skull, uh, when he grabbed a hold of it, he just you know, blipped out of existence uh, when, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. shut up and is like, oh, hey, I'm the death guy now. Like, right. <laughs> that was a nice touch. And also, yeah. I'm, I'm no longer Hugo either. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, likewise, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, you know, um, there had to be something them, more, than, yeah. you know, it took, yeah, and he had, to, it took six of them to, uh, you know, to bait, dance off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Carol Danvers just absorbed the powers of the Tesseract and became godlike. Because she didn't touch the Tesseract. It was the engine. It was, the again, the energy of the Tesseract. Was, I guess it was uh, just, yeah, energy, wasn't it? Right. Very similar to Wanda. Um, Another interesting thing, too, about the dynamic when we're talking about, like, heroes and villains and protagonists, antagonists and all that is, um, although Harkness was obviously evil and selfish and just doing her own thing, she is, like, if it weren't for her, like, it's... Our, <laughs> arguably like wanda owes her the most because if she didn't sit her down and go like hey we're gonna do an origin special now like right here's, i'm gonna help you understand who you are obviously because she wanted to just steal her shit and do whatever but if she mm -hmm. hadn't have done that then she may mm -hmm. never have actually like snapped out of it exactly stepped up, you know so ironically like we she's the one we have to thank question mark you know well, yeah i, I, I think that's interesting I think there would have been a catalyst at some point because Wanda couldn't hold it together the whole time. Yeah, but the thing is that catalyst could have been much You're, later, I mean, much uglier, and yeah. a lot more people could have suffered and died in the process. Exactly. But yeah, and Harkness, see, the thing is, is Agatha Harkness doesn't strike me as a truly evil character. Um, I mean, granted, she starts off with, you know, with the evil, you know, Mwahaha vibes, but by the by the end of it, you get 
maybe she doesn't, you know, she's, it, it's okay. Um, she's just power hungry, really. Right, exactly. Well, here is a here is a, is a good analogy of it, uh, and this is one I think we've done before. The Dark Knight Returns at the end during the uh, you know during the riots after the the Coldbringer goes off. Uh, Jim Gordon, I don't remember if it's Jim Gordon or uh, um, his replacement Yellen, um, um, basically is like he's too big. This is too big. And I think that's kind of the thing that we're starting to see here is there are certain people that are, there are certain things, certain powers in the universe that are just too big to fit into what we would ordinarily see as right and wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, uh, Galactus, Galactus, you know, Captain Marvel, um, you know, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. You know, there are sometimes, and these people are, are, are called on to do things that aren't technically morally correct mm-hmm. but serve a greater purpose than that you yeah. know well, that, that, that's, a whole, that's a whole can of worms because it is and that's you're what getting into, you're getting into philosophy of like ends mm-hmm. justifying the means and like utilitarian philosophy and all this other all, all this other stuff where it's like you know great power you have to do terrible things to you know or yeah like galactus power. has to consume worlds right um if he doesn't the universe to end right like well and he, and he is a cosmic linchpin like he's right. actually a very good example of someone who has no choice but to do terrible things right is he truly a villain that really depends on the writer right well and more <laughs> importantly more importantly we're looking at you know great power great responsibility you know um and then you get to you know was it the uh you know the uh uh the runaway tra- uh, runaway tram um you know situation do you let it yeah. run over one person or do you divert and save that one person to let it run over you know six others i mean it's just you sometimes there are, it does get into a philosophy of you know where do things become bigger than yeah. what we perceive as normal and sometimes good choice yeah you know or sometimes so, yeah. it's it's about selecting the least bad choice too precisely so. i think another thing another quick thought i want to get out there while wrapping up here is yeah. um I, I think um, it, the show, the the series has a good, um, a lot of good examples of like, you know, the whole, you might not always get what you want, but you get what you need kind of thing where it's like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like in the short term kind of like, you know, uh, enjoyment or rush of having a character you like be back or whatever. It's like, oh, yay, like Vision is actually back, whatever. Like you think you want that. And like you're in your lizard brain. You're like, sweet, Vision's back. All right, it's awesome. But like if he was just like, all right, so now I'm back. Like that would have been fucking lame. That would have like shortchanged everything that mm-hmm. happened, and, like yeah. undercut all of the stakes and and like growth of everyone involved. White Vision like, becoming becoming yeah. the Vision at the end, I think, was a was a satisfactory payoff and also a way to undo that character's death. Well, right. regardless of that, I'm just saying like them like their goodbye at the end and stuff like all of that actually like actually having the the payoff and like the characters you know actually being mm-hmm. uh true to who they are and all that and it's like it's a it's it's a um it's the whole conundrum of like you know he he encourages her to do what she needs to do and for him to just cease to be because that's what makes him who he is like if he wasn't willing to do that then he wouldn't be the person that she loves in the first place therefore it's all meaningless yeah. right exactly okay well I nice think that's to do a, nice to, nice to do a media review again. I I hope that we can uh, get back to these again sometime this year. Right. Well, here in about eight, nine weeks, six about six, seven weeks, we have uh Falcon and Winter Soldier we can do. This so. is true. 
and I am looking forward to that. Um, that's my that's my big takeaway. I enjoyed it, but I'm a sucker for for MCU stuff, really. And uh, and oh, I think I this am is the way looking to do forward it. to seeing how they pull off, like what they're gonna do with Falcon and Winter Soldier, because mm-hmm. like they're they're more sort of grand espionage, which tell which, which to me reads as a lot more location shooting. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how they pull that off, right? Well, I think um, I think the series is a great like um, Goldilocks middle ground here where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're not trying to squeeze so much into a movie or like a two part movie or whatever. But we're also not just like doing tons of episodes where we have like filler and and you don't know where it's going or it it degrades into Iron Fist good or whatever. Right. You have have a specific story you want to tell and you have a specific like format or length Mm -hmm. roughly of what it is and you just do it. And yeah, the miniseries format is really the closest to the comic book format in, you know, in that essentially right. you get small arcs right. exactly. that can stand alone or, are, or, or, you know, can be part of the greater narrative. Um, we have gone a bit over time, so um, congratulations, everybody. I hope you enjoy the, the longer episode, um, <laughs> but we do need to wrap this up. Um, next time we'll talk about something else. Um, Honestly, next time we'll probably talk about the thing we recorded last time. Um, And then the episode after that, we'll talk about how we will soon talk about WandaVision and really confuse people in the future. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) or, you know, all all those other time time traveling. Yeah. Um, In the meantime, this has been Neil. The one true Ben. And Mike. And we will talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. Great episode, everybody. Yeah, that's fun. That's the thing is there's there's so much meat to it. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by the letters NBC, CBS, and ABC, and and any channel under 25. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. Interstitial this week was... Crap, what was it called? Yeah, I'm leaving this bit in was Golly G, also by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, rating us, liking, subscribing, hitting that bell for notifications, or whatever else it is that the algorithm wants on whatever platform you're viewing us, you're listening to us on. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website reoccurring one online at uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. So, you've heard of the ship of Theseus, you've heard of Occam's Razor, but have you heard of Crabtree's bludgeon? No set of mutually inconsistent observations can exist for which some human intellect cannot conceive a coherent explanation, however complicated. Thank you. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by the letters NBC, CBS, and ABC, and any, chan- cha- and any channel under 25. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. Interstitial this week was... Crap, what was it called? Yeah, I'm leaving this bit in. Was Golly G, also by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it 
on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, rating us, liking, subscribing, hitting that bell for notifications, or whatever else it is that the algorithm wants on whatever platform you're viewing us, you're listening to us on. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one online at uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. So, you've heard of the ship of Theseus. You've heard of Occam's Razor. But have you heard of Crabtree's Bludgeon? No set of mutually inconsistent observations can exist for which some human intellect cannot conceive a coherent explanation, however complicated. Thank you.